This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. doing tonight? Who is excited to be here? I'm pumped. I'm excited. I've had a good day. I'm ready to get my preach on, you know, fun stuff. So how many, how many of you have ever heard the phrase, you can raise your hand, have you heard the phrase thoughts and prayers? Have you? Yeah, thoughts and prayers. See, it's, it's, it's this kind of thing that people will say if they hear someone who's going through something challenging, right? Like, you've probably seen it on Facebook where somebody said something really bad happened to them. They're like, man, I could really use some prayer. And all the comments under it are thoughts and prayers. Hey, thoughts and prayers. You know, it's like, it's one of those things that can also be said as a joke, too. Like, maybe you told your friends, hey, I got a spend all weekend studying for my SAT, like I have to do it, and they're like, hmm, thoughts and prayers with you, man. It is one of those things that we've all heard or used in some kind of way, maybe you don't use it exactly like that, but we basically use this phrase to say, man, that's, that's tough, you know, wow, that's tough, I can't fix it, I can't make it any better, I can't make it go away, but I'll pray for you. Or, I'm thinking about you, right? Like, we use it in that way. Or, it's the sort of, like, long way of, like, saying this. Go to the next slide. Ooh, not these ones. That's okay. These are not right. We'll just, we'll we'll wing it. It's supposed to be the praying hand emoji. You guys know what the praying hand emoji is? Yeah. So, wait, how many of you think it's a praying hand emoji? And who thinks it's a high five? So if you think it's praying, raise your hand right now. Okay? If you think it's two people coming together for a high five, you can raise your hand. Hmm. Not as many. I think Apple came out and said a long time ago that it was a high five, but then everybody used it as prayer, so then they just said, yeah, it's a prayer. Sweet. Yeah. Prayer. So it is a praying hand emoji. So this thoughts and prayers phrase that we use all the time or we've seen used, it's like a easy way, another easy way of saying it is just the prayer hand emoji. So maybe you've seen this, maybe you're in a group chat with your friends and you put in there, pray for me guys, pray for me, I'm going through blank, whatever it is in your life. 
and the people respond with the prayer hand emoji, or they respond with thoughts and prayers, or prayers up, you know, one of those things, some phrase that basically means the exact same thing. There it is right there, prayer hand emoji. So most of us mean it, right? Like when we tell somebody we're going to pray for them, we, most of us mean it. And we mean like at some point in my day, some point in my day, even right now as I'm typing this, I'm going to pray for you. I'm thinking about you. And I'm keeping you in my prayers. But you know this already. Oftentimes, typing thoughts and prayers is a lot easier than actually praying for somebody. Sometimes that is all we do. Sometimes typing the prayer hands emoji is even easier than praying for yourself. It's one of those things that it's just easier to say you're going to pray than to actually do it. And even though I think prayer is a really, really good idea, even though I say that I'm going to do it, I'm going to pray for you, the whole thing, it just feels complicated sometimes. Like prayer seems complicated every once in a while. Like think of your favorite vending machine snack. You may have heard of this analogy before, but think of your favorite vending machine snack right now. See, mine, mine's probably Skittles. Do I have anybody who likes Skittles in here? A few people. Boo. How can you boo Skittles? It's just candy. That's fine, I guess. Whatever. So think of your favorite candy. So let's say you walk up to the vending machine. You see your favorite snack. I see Skittles. They're the best anyways. Right under the Skittles, it says C6. Like, you guys know how a vending machine works, right? So now, we've all used this vending machine before. We know how it works. You put the correct amount of money in. You click the right combination of buttons, and then out comes your snack. But have any of you ever accidentally hit the wrong buttons? A few of you. See, I've, I've never done it because I'm so smart, and I don't make mistakes. But some of you might have done that. No, I'm just kidding. I do it wrong all the time. I'm basically dyslexic. So... Like, let's say you meant to hit C6, right? You press the wrong key, and now, instead of Skittles, here comes a good old package of Wheat Thins. If you're excited that you got Wheat Thins, you can leave. <laughs> maybe, maybe you hit the wrong combination of buttons, and the whole thing, it just jammed up. Like, oh, now you're not even going to get what you want, and you're not getting anything at all. There's nothing more frustrating than putting your money in a vending machine and not getting what you wanted. And I bring this up because sometimes I think prayer kind of feels that way. Like there's this right combination of words. You have to say the right thing. You have to hit it just correct. And it just, it feels complicated. Like maybe you've tried to pray like I have, and maybe you felt like you had to use fancy words. You had to use fancy words. You do the whole bow our heads and close our eyes, and then suddenly we're back in like colonial times with the way we speak. Have you, like, have you ever tried to do that before? Like you say a prayer and it sounds like, dearest Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, thanketh thee for this blessed morning. Like it's weird, right? Or maybe, maybe you think you have to use these really formal words. Like somehow People just know this special combination of words to start or end a prayer, and it sounds so formal, it sounds perfect, it sounds so serious. 
They say something like, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, whose blood has cleansed us from sin and redeemed our souls and purified our spirits, and they just go on and on and on, amen. Or maybe you feel like you have to use fake words. Maybe you've noticed when praying that it feels like you gotta be overly positive. You have to be holy. And even if you don't feel that way, you still have to do it. Maybe you try to make things sound okay when they really aren't okay. You say a prayer and you say, oh, dear Lord, thank you that we got a win last night. Like, I know I played terrible. I played the worst game of my life, but hey, thank you that my teammates played their best game. I'm really happy for them. I'm, I'm glad that you care about them way more than me, right? Maybe you say a prayer like that. But the point is, it can feel like when we pray, that we have to use the right combination of words. The combination of two formal words, a fancy closer, and then a little fake happy in the middle. That's the only way we can make things work, right? Like why do we feel that way about prayer? Why do we feel like we have to do this? What convinces us that we have to be fancy or fake or formal when we pray? Like where did we get this idea that prayer is so complicated? And I think for many of us, it's that deep down, we believe this thing. We believe that if I pray the right way, God will give me what I want. Like we think, if I just hit the right combination of fancy words, these and thous, if I have a good attitude when I pray and throw in an in your name we pray at the end, then bam, I should get exactly what I prayed for, get exactly what I want. But of course... If you've prayed before, you realize that it doesn't always work that way, right? Like, have you ever prayed and gotten nothing? Not just didn't get what you wanted, but gotten nothing. Sometimes our prayers feel more like the Skittles that are stuck in the vending machine than like getting what we wanted. Whether it was something that didn't seem like a big deal to you, we've all prayed that we would find a phone charger, or maybe something huge like healing a sick relative. Like these are genuine requests that are a big deal to us. So when you, when you put yourself out there and you pray about them, like you take the time and the effort, but the prayer seems to go unanswered. Like it leaves us with a question that you've probably all asked. And it's, does prayer even work? Does this thing work? Maybe like me, you've wondered, what happened? Like, am I even doing this right? Am I doing it completely wrong? Or I've even asked, like, what is the point of all of this? Or maybe, here's a better question. Maybe you've asked, if there is a God, and if God loves you, then why make prayer so complicated? I mean, is God intentionally being difficult about this whole prayer thing? Or is it possible that this awkward, confusing, perfect combination of fancy, formal, and fake kind of prayer was actually never what God intended prayer to be? Is that the complete opposite, maybe, of what God intended prayer to be? We're going to take a look at two passages from the Bible today. 
just a couple verses. They were written hundreds of years apart from each other, but they both help us see prayer in a better way. The first passage was written by a guy named James. And James wasn't just a random Jesus follower. This isn't just somebody that we don't know anything about. James was the brother of Jesus. So while Jesus was alive, though, James wasn't really Jesus' biggest fan. He didn't think Jesus was actually the son of God until Jesus was crucified and then came back to life. That was finally enough to change James's mind about who his brother was. So in this letter, after having faith in Jesus and who Jesus is and what Jesus did, James writes this. He says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And maybe you hear that and you're like, that doesn't sound like much. It doesn't sound like he's giving us a lot there. But what James is not saying in this verse is just as important as what he is saying. James is not saying, come near to God and you're going to get exactly what you pray for. Pray using the right combination of words and God will come near to you. Get your act together first and God will listen to your prayers. He doesn't say any of that. In fact, James doesn't seem to be saying you have to do much of anything except show up. So in other words, prayer isn't about the words, the results, or some kind of formula. It's about being near, about being near to God. The point of prayer is becoming close to God. It's about having a relationship. In some ways, it's almost like we've missed the whole point of prayer. Like we think about prayer as something that we are always going to get something in return. Like, does God want to hear about our wants and needs? Absolutely. He does. But more than that, and even more than that, God wants to be close to us. He wants to be a friend to us. He wants to be near to us. And James isn't the only person to talk about prayer in kind of a surprising way that might flip prayer on its head for how we traditionally think about it. See, James grew up learning the Hebrew scriptures written long before he was born. And in a part of these Hebrew scriptures called Psalms, which is all in the Old Testament, a guy named David made this statement. He says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So David, just like James, he seemed to think that prayer was a little more than just using the right combination of fancy words to talk to God. For both of them, like the point wasn't about communicating our requests and waiting to get what we want. It was about confidence in God. Confidence in God being close to us and connecting with us when we pray. And at the same time, David points out something really, really important about this. Truth. He says, those who come to him in truth. Think about it for just a second. Like to be connected to somebody, you have to be real with them, right? Like you can't be totally fake and have a great relationship with anyone. So as much as we don't have to be fancy or formal to connect with God, one thing we really shouldn't do is be fake either. What David knew and what James knew and what I have discovered through prayer And what so many of the leaders in this room have discovered is that there is a real God who wants to have a relationship with you. 
And like any other relationship that you have, there has to be some real, truth, honest conversation. In other words, if there is any kind of formula for prayer, any formula at all, it isn't formal plus fancy plus fake. It's this. It's honest prayers are greater than fancy prayers. Honest prayers are greater than fancy prayers. One of the best ways to connect with anyone is just being honest with them. Like, you know this already, though. You've experienced this. You th just think about some of the best, the deepest conversations you've ever had with a friend. Maybe it was on the band bus headed home after a late game. Maybe it was on an Xbox Live party chat after a good game. Maybe it was around a campfire. Maybe it was just talking in a late night group chat. See, no matter where you were, how you did it, or how the conversation happened, there's a good chance that the conversation got good when somebody started being honest. It wasn't because one person just used the right combination of words to get what they wanted. See, if you had a great, deep connection with a friend, it's because someone started, they started being real. They started being honest and truthful. And oftentimes, this is the same with God. So for those of you in this room who have completely stopped praying, maybe you just cut it out of your life because you didn't feel like it worked anymore, I want you to give it another shot. I want you to trust James when he says that God will come near to you when you come near to God. Like simply begin to talk to God again. For others of you who've been praying for a while, I want you to add listening to a part of your habit of prayer. Maybe you've been treating prayer like this vending machine for years, just expecting something in return, or it feels like everything that you pray for just gets stuck. It feels like it's not working. Instead, I want you to think of prayer as this conversation, this conversation with a friend. The point is connection, not what you can get out of it, but connection. So should you do some talking? Absolutely. Sure. But also try listening. God most likely won't talk back to you in an audible, booming voice. But Jesus told us that he would leave his spirit here with us, the Holy Spirit. And when we take time to be quiet in prayer, we can be confident that God's spirit is working in our lives and we can pay attention and we can listen for it. And there are other ways that we listen to God. And here, here's a way to start. Like write your honest prayers and then read them out loud to God. This helps your mind stay focused when you're praying. And more than that, it kind of gets everything out that you're thinking. It's also a really easy way to keep track of what you've been praying for. And keep in mind as you write your prayers out or type them in the notes app on your phone that honest prayer is better than fancy prayer. Because the point isn't to impress anyone, but to connect with God. And remember that as you write, that the point is less about informing God about what is going on in your life and more about being honest. Because honesty is what builds connection. Then by writing down or typing your honest prayer, you can, you can look back at your prayer weeks or even months later 
and see how God has come near to you. So when you look back at what God has done, whether it was through circumstances changing or you changing and growing, that's you actually listening to God by taking time to consider how has God been working in my life? And then you pray more and you look back more and you pray more creating a pattern, right? You pray and then you look back and you see, oh, here is where God's been working in my life. It's so good to be able to actually look back and see it because so often we forget the good things and let the bad things overwhelm us. And another thing is be intentional about taking a literal break from talking. Choose to spend time quietly listening instead. And I know for some of you this might be hard. Some people really like to talk. But take a break for just a second. Again, you're not listening for this big, booming, audible voice that you can hear, but you're listening for what God might be quietly saying to your heart. And no matter what you decide to do to begin to develop your prayer habit, there's, there's one important thing to remember, and that's to listen. Learning to listen is such a huge part of connecting with God. But I don't want you to overcomplicate it. Like, don't make this so complicated. God can speak to you in so many different ways. God can speak through, to you through a small group leader, through your parents, an event that you went to, music, scripture, or even just the silence of your quiet time. You can trust that no matter how God speaks to you, that you'll still get the message and you'll grow closer in the process whenever you approach him. So as we go on today, I want you guys to know that God loves you, and he wants nothing more than to be close to you and to connect with you. Like, that's the point of what this message is about with prayer. God is for you, and prayer is for you to connect with a God who wants what's best for you. See, God wants to connect with you honestly and in a real way, and that's bigger than just saying thoughts and prayers. Man, you can make your way back on up. But as, as you talk with your small groups later and as we worship, I want you to think about this question. Put this question on your mind. It's what do you need to do to begin treating prayer more like a friendship instead of a vending machine? What do you need to do to begin treating prayer more like a friendship instead of a vending machine. Let's pray. Father, we, we just thank you. We thank you for the gift of prayer that you've given us. We thank you that you gave us this, just this way that we can connect with you. This way that we can grow closer to you. This way that we can completely change how we see who you are because you gave us this. And I know that for some people, prayer can be complicated or it can feel like it's more difficult than it needs to be. But I pray that you would release them from that tonight. That they'd understand that you just want to hear from them. That all you desire is to be near and close to us. And you don't care if we have the right words. You don't care if we stumble, if we don't even have 
anything really to say, but that we just want to talk. You're not about perfection. You're about us being real and honest and just coming to you. So I pray that each and every person in this room would understand how important prayer is in their lives, how important a connection is to you, and that when we put those two things together, that it just is life-changing. So I pray that you would free them from the bondage that the fear of prayer can be. Just allow them to really feed into it in whatever way it is that's comfortable for them, whether it's writing it down, speaking out loud, listening, that they would do that and they would start doing that more and more in each and every day so they can connect